And look who's coming up. Fun chat. This show is just flying by. I can't believe it's uh, 5.25 Eastern already. Uh, I'm already late, and and it's Michael Amato's first uh, time with the show, so I apologize for being a bit tardy, but uh, Guy and I go back a long ways, and sometimes... Uh, I go on a tangent every one once in a while, but really excited uh, to be talking uh, hockey uh, with our next guest. He's going to join us uh, every Thursday. Uh, and he is from Dauber Hockey. And this is going to be really important for you because if you need to win your matchup, you need to know about the weekend matchups. And those are obviously where uh, championships get won. So we'll get into that as the season uh, progresses uh, a little bit more. But today we're going to talk about uh, forwards as I'm joined by Michael Amato from Dauber Hockey. Michael, how are you, man? Doing pretty well, Dean. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. I'm really excited about uh, this partnership. We've really enjoyed doing the previews. I think the fantasy guide uh, that you guys have out there is top notch. Uh, But today we're going to talk about some forwards. We've previewed goalies and we've previewed uh, defensemen. We are going to get into a little bit of goalies uh, at the end of the segment. But when it comes to forwards, and we've kind of done this uh, with defensemen and goalies, but who are the best when it comes to each division? If you had to take two forwards from each division... Who would you start with? Let's start with the the Atlantic division. Uh, what do you like from the Atlantic, and then you can carry on through the rest of the divisions. Yeah, so I think for the Atlantic, uh, first name is probably not going to surprise anyone. You know, Austin Matthews. Um, I think it's safe to say he's the best goal scorer in the league now. Maybe some uh, Washington Capitals fans would disagree, but um, I think he's probably got that title at this point. Um, you know, he should, if he stays healthy, he should pretty much be a lock. Uh, to score 50 goals and I think 60 is obviously really in the cards after what he did last year um, so that one's kind of a no-brainer um, I like Nikita Kucherov as well I think some people might um, downgrade him a little bit this year just because of the injury history but if you look at last season he had the second highest uh, points per game besides Connor McDavid um, albeit in a smaller sample size but he's someone that you actually might I, I don't want to say he's going to slip too far but you might actually be able to get him a little bit later than, than you would have in past years just because of, of the last few years he's had uh, a few injuries there. But I think he'll be full value if he can play even close to like 70 games. I think he's he's going to really make it worth your while. Um, and yeah, and then if we sort of stick in, in the East with the Metro, um, obviously I mentioned Ovechkin earlier. Um, he's certainly not showing his age. So until he starts doing that, <laughs> until he stops scoring 50 goals, um, he's probably still a top 10 pick for you. Um and yeah, I like, I like Artemi Panarin this year a lot. I think um, Vincent Trocek's probably going to play with him, which I think is an upgrade from Ryan Strom from last year. So I think that's going to help his, help his numbers for sure. Yeah, Ovechkin, as, as you mentioned it, um, like the big story is catching Gretzky. But to do that, he's got to consistently score, you know, you know over 30 goals. And, and like I think that – I think Alex Ovechkin – I don't know why, but I think he returns to that 50 goal. I think he saw what Matthews did last year and thought, hey, I used to be the king. Maybe now I'm not. Do you think there's motivation with Ovechkin? Oh, I think so. I know, I know. like, A, chasing the record is definitely going to be motivation for him. But, yeah, B, like you mentioned, sort of seeing Matthews do it, a, a younger player, maybe just to try and 
prove that he can still keep pace with them, I think that's going to give him a lot of motivation too. I, I, I don't disagree. I, I think he could score 50 still again easily. All right, so let's move on to the West now, and we'll start in, in the Central. And the man with the brand-new contract, pretty easy one from that division as well. Yeah, highest-paid player in the league, <laughs> um, just coming off a cup. Um, he still sounds pretty hungry, so I think he's going to gonna have another productive season. Um, that abs team is loaded, so obviously lots of production there. Um, and yeah, then I went with Kaprizov uh, for the Wild. I think he's just such a you know, very talented offensive player, um, can score in like any scenario. If you look at his line mates last year, uh, like Ryan Hartman and Matt Zuccarello, <laughs> they both had career years um, playing with uh, Kaprizov. And that says a lot, you know, not that those guys were slouches, but definitely not, um, I think, players you, you would have thought would have had the seasons they did. But playing next to him, I think they really were able to capitalize. Um, and then obviously two Oilers. Um, I Once again, you know, that Edmonton, Top six is just really stacked. I mean, you can't really go against McDavid. Um, he's just, you know, he's just always right up there, going to win the scoring title probably again. And, you know, dry settles right on his tail. You know, I, I saw a few people maybe argue that uh, Matthew should be ahead of dry settle in, in some draft rankings, but I think dry settles had like 52 more points than Matthews over the past mm -hmm. two years, even though Matthews might have the edge on goals. Um, but yeah, unless your unless your league is is has some really crazy valuation uh, in, in goal scoring, I think Dry Settle is still probably the second player off your board. It's interesting. Uh, Nathan McKinnon doubles his AAV, and uh, in a salary cap league, if you're in one, he's still going to be worth the. You know, it was it was at such a ridiculous deal at whatever six point three. Even at twelve point six, he's still going to produce in in a bunch of different categories to be a top flight top flight fantasy guy. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like like that Avs power play is loaded. That top they may they may end up now that Kadri's gone, they might end up going back to, you know, McKinnon, Ranton mm -hmm. and Landis Cobb load up that top line again too. Obviously Makar um is a great quarterback on the power play from the back end. And yeah, it's just you can't really go wrong with with any one of those top uh, avalanche forwards. You know, I find it interesting. Uh, there's some leagues where goals uh, are valued higher uh, than assists, and and I, I, you know, I wasn't in the draft, but someone, a friend of mine, told me they were in a draft where I think McDavid went third. I mean, Matthews went first, and I just don't see it unless goals are like three points yeah. and assists are worth one or something because the 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 extra points mcdavid like mcdavid might have 130 140 points who knows the points are going to be more and mcdavid let's remember is trying to score more so i think that gap like i don't know why you wouldn't take Connor mcdavid first in every draft even if you know unless the goals are crazy outrageous but the points that he's going to get on top of the goals are going to carry him to the lead again in fantasy yeah, I'm with you. I, I saw a couple of rankings that that had him second too, and and I I just don't understand it. Even if you look at his shots totals, like they're pretty up there. Like he's 300 shot player. Like there's not really a anything you can poke at in his game, right? Like he's gonna get tons of power play time, tons of power play points. Yeah, like you said, unless your league has really specific <laughs> categories, and I'm sure some do out there, sure. but. Yeah, he's he's got to be the consensus number one for me. Yeah, I think he can get fifty goals. And Drysidle, um, you know, I think Drysidle is going to challenge Matthews. I think it's going to be so exciting. The amount of hundred point guys and forty to fifty to sixty goal guys uh, we could see in the next little while is, is going to be so awesome. And then there are some guys that you're looking at that we called it need some line luck. Here's three guys. I'm going to get rid of that uh, ticker here. Three guys that 
could be really, really good if they get a little line luck. Tell me why you went with three, these three guys. Yeah, so I think one of the things to to watch uh, over the next few weeks in training camp is, is kind of see who who slots in where. And obviously in the in the summer, you know, the big news was sort of like Johnny Goudreau going to Columbus, and we all know he's going to play with Patrick Laine, but who's going to center them, right? Like that's the question. Um, it sounds like Boone Jenner is going to get the first crack at it. It would make a lot of sense um, just because he's really good on faceoffs. So, you know, that'll help with puck possession for that line. Um, and, yeah, and anybody stuck between those two guys is probably going to have a really productive season. You know, Jenner was really strong offensively last year before he got hurt. So I think in that scenario, um, he could easily put up 60 points. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about him uh, a little bit later on when we talk about some multi-cat guys because he fits that, that bill as well. But, yeah, it's just sort of taking advantage of those opportunities. And I think another player as well is, uh, you know, Andrew Mangiapane. Um, I think he's probably going to be battling with Tyler Toffoli for that right wing spot uh, with Huberto and Lindholm on the top line in Calgary now. So he had 35 goals last year. Um, I don't think it's a stretch to say he could hit 40-plus um, if he stays with that group for most of the year. Um, we all know Huberto last year really tore it up, and he's, he's a tremendous passer. So I think he'll really benefit from that. Um, and yeah, lastly, Connor Brown, I think gets a nice change of scenery. He, his numbers were a little bit down, but, uh, you know, with Tom Wilson out, there's a right wing slot open with uh, Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, and, and maybe that's Brown. I think he's maybe going to have the inside track on that. And in that scenario, I think he could easily get back, you know, to 20-25 goal score. Yeah, and, and like you said, these are some really interesting kind of training camp battles. And uh, I, I always, you know, I did I did the pre- and post-game show for years here in Edmonton. And, and I remember Ty Ratty was a, a training camp superstar one time because he was playing with uh, Connor McDavid. So it's, it's important to pay attention to it, uh, but also know what's realistic. And these three guys here can realistically uh, stick. If, if you see a guy who has hard hardly ever played in the NHL, get stuck on a first line, don't think it's automatically going to happen just because they had some success. So it, you really have to pay attention and weed through what is, you know, kind of, you know, possible and what is just kind of training camp fodder. Yeah, definitely. And I think if you look at like Jenner and Manjupane, those two guys are probably draftable regardless. Yeah. But someone like Connor Brown is maybe someone you're looking at you know, on the waiver wire in the first week or two, if he, if he does land that spot and he catches fire and you kind of pick up on it and maybe, you know, you scoop him up and that's a good, good game for you early in the season. Yeah, totally. Imagine Pani last year, there was talk about him being on the Olympic team if they were going to the Olympics. That's yeah. how good of a start he had. So I think he will definitely continue it. And Daryl Sutter obviously has some faith in him. Um, th this is an important uh, thing when it comes to drafts. I mean, everybody, you know, they try to get the best players all the time. But then as you get later in the draft, what are the best secondary options? You know, wide receiver twos in football and second line guys. I mean, you, you could have easily probably had Leon Dreisaitl on this list if you really wanted to because that's yeah. a technically a second line guy. But these are some guys on this list that I think are terrifically skilled and are going to get softer matchups. Yep, definitely. And I think it's important to watch too. Like some of these, some of these players and some of these teams, you know, they almost have two first lines, right? Like mm -hmm. if you look at like Jordan Cairo, like St. Louis is, is pretty deep up front. Um, you know, he was on the second line last year. We'll see how it shakes out in training camp, but yeah, he's essentially a point of game player, lots of speed. Um, I think the blues very quietly, you know, they ranked uh, third in goals for last year and they're, they're not typically known for that, but they really, um, started filling the net last year and a lot of guys in their top six and even top nine took advantage of it. 
Um, and yeah, if you look at like Tim Stutzla, everyone's favorite pick for a breakout candidate <laughs> this year. Um, and I don't disagree. He's probably going to be playing with the Brinkat and Drew. Um, so I think, yeah, he could be another point of game player. And one thing about Stutzla, um, not a lot of people r- realize, but, you know, very quietly last year, he had 125 hits. So wow. if he gives you around that. Yeah. If he gives you about that number of hits, plus he's close to a point of game, that's really, really good value. Um, and I think he's just kind of sort of ascending his climb into just being a really good player. And yeah, if you look over at the Jets, Again, they have, you know, the Shifley-Ehlers-Wheeler line. Is is that the number one line, or is it Dubois-Connor? And, you know, insert winger there. Is it going to be Cole Perfetti this year? But anyways, I think Dubois um, is really good for multi-cat um, leagues as well. You know, he can give you, like, 100 penalty minutes, 100 hits, 60 points, you know, 200 shots, stuff like that. So a lot of versatility there um, with Dubois and the Jets. And, yeah, I think he's going to get, get a lot of playing time as well. Yeah, and, and what happens long-term with the Jets, who knows? But right now, um, I, I think you can count on a, a solid. And you're right, the like a Dubois could be on the second line, and the, those teams with that depth, like you see the Oilers, it's almost interchangeable. Yeah. So you are getting a quote-unquote second-line player with the ability to move up. And, and when we talk about... Um, you know, production from non-top six, that's also where you can win a fantasy league. You can get a team that has maybe a, a top nine instead of a top six and get some extra yeah. depth. That can really, really be helpful. So who are some of the guys from the bottom six that you think can provide some offense and fantasy this year? Yeah, so I mentioned uh, St. Louis uh, as a team that really is a little bit deeper and they have more of a top nine. And um, I, I think somebody like Braden Shen is a guy that, you know, produced pretty well last year, but he might be on the third line center spot this year. So I think he can um, probably still continue to pr- put up pretty good numbers this year. Um, he probably will still play with Ivan Barbashev, who had like a career year last year. So maybe they can continue to connect for some points. But that team is a really high scoring team. So I think he'll, he'll be able to take advantage of that. Um, Anton Lundell is interesting because he's a guy that's probably going to start on the third line and then potentially with the uh, opportunity to move up to the second line with Bennett and Reinhardt. And maybe one of those, maybe either Bennett or Lundell plays the wing um, on that second unit for the Panthers. So yeah, he's I don't got know a lot why I have Red Wings. Power. I don't know why I have Red Wings there. I apologize for that <laughs> one. That was a brain cramp on my part. All good. No worries. Um, yeah. So I think he's got a lot of offensive talent. I think if he, if he, ends up on Bennett, uh, Bennett's line with Ryan Hurd, I think he'll have a lot of potential there too. And that's another thing to look for is sometimes guys that start on the third line but have sort of a path to, to maybe move up to that top six. Um, and I think Lundell really fits that, that bill. Um, and yeah, Joel Eriksson Ek, I think a lot of people look at him as a really good defensive forward, which he is. But, you know, he had 26, 26 goals last year, 17 power play points. He's also good for over 200 shots. Um, he's probably going to go late in your drafts. And if you're in a you know, some leagues that have face-offs. Um, there are a few of them out there. He's really good for that as well. Yeah, shots, uh, high-volume shooters. Uh, when you get, when you, like 200, you know, we always look at 50 goals as a great mark. That 200-shot mark is pretty important. If you can get a guy that has that high volume, uh, because, you know, depending on how much yeah. shots are, it can be a huge category to win. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the more you shoot, like, the more likely they're going to get goals mm-hmm. too, right? So, uh, yeah, I think just 200 is a good benchmark. Um, and I think try and combine that with other categories. So maybe when you're doing your drafts, try and filter some players out, like who who has 60 points and 200 shots. Right. Or, you know, 60, 60 points, 100 hits and 200 shots. So if you're in multi-cat leagues, you can't try and pair those things together when you're making your selections. 
All right. Well, that's a great, great segue into this uh, this next uh, category that we have. It's multi-category forwards. And, you know, a lot of people, like Tanner Jeanette in one of the leagues I won, he ended up being the rookie of the year because penalty minutes, they were weighted uh, uh, fairly high, but he ended up doing it. And, you know, we know what Brady Kachuk. When people think multi-categories, I think penalty minutes and points are two of the ones that are, are great focus. But, you know, if you're looking at trying to pair three shots, penalty minutes, points. That's a really pretty good start for multi-cats. Yep, definitely. And I think obviously the other one um, is hits. I think a lot of mm. people uh, have that category as well. And someone obviously like Brady Kachuk, you know, there's not many players in the league like him that have, you know, sort of 300 shot, 300 hit and 30 goal potential. Um, he can kind of hit all those, those categories for you. Um, Juno is another one that can give you um like about 300 hits and he had, he had 24 goals last year. I think that's probably going to dip a bit because he had a really high shooting percentage. That's, that's probably going to, going to come down a little bit, but still, if he's, even if he's between 15 and 20 goals and he's giving you like 300 hits, that's really good value. Um, and we mentioned Jenner earlier, obviously if, if he does land that spot that it looks like with line a um, and Goudreau, yeah, he, he's going to, he always gave you sort of the hits, the shots, and the, and the pims. But now, if he's if he's going to get sixty points too, if he becomes that kind of a player, he, he's going to be really valuable. I think he's actually going to be a pretty trendy trendy pick this year. Yeah, and and you know that that Brady Kachuk 300, 300, It's like you know thirty thirty <laughs> in baseball. It's such a crazy yeah. number to think of. Uh, I always look at you know he's getting a little bit older, but Brad Marchand he he's a fantasy MVP contender every year because. Uh, I don't know if he gets as many shots as he used to, but he certainly racks up a whole lot of stuff. He plays in all situations. Those guys, you know, they're not going to be, they're not going to outpoint Connor McDavid, but they are going to be among the, the league leaders in, in a lot of those categories. Definitely. And Marshawn's probably like on the higher end of, of players in multi-cat that like are going to provide you points, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they hear multi-cat, they, they really get fixated on shots and hits and they almost forget about the points a little bit. Um, and if you look at a guy like Marshawn, yeah, like you said, he fills a lot of categories and um, it'll be interesting to see where he, he gets drafted in a lot of leagues just because of his injury. I think he's going to miss probably the first couple months. So yeah. kind of how long do you, do you let him slide before you, uh, you grab him and stash him for a few months, hoping he can help you later in the season? Well, and that Boston team is so interesting. Like the band is getting back together for one last time here. The it's like an old folks' home almost. I'm I'm surprised Chara didn't stay for a little bit longer. And obviously, I'm I'm joking a bit, but you know, guys are coming back and they're taking one more run at it, grabbing some of these Bruins and and even stashing guys like Marshawn is not a bad strategy, depending on you know where you are in your situation. Because I have to think that a lot of like I think Swayman could have a huge depending on the split that happens there could be a huge breakout player uh, for the Bruins when it comes to goaltending. So that's a really interesting team to watch. And you're right. When do you jump in on the Bruins? Because in a dynasty league, you might only have Bergeron for this year if you're redrafting. Yeah, they really are one of the probably the more fascinating teams this year. New coach too. Um, like Bruce Cassidy was a really goalie friendly coach, really good defensive coach. Um, the Bruins ranked really well defensively while he was there so I think it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust to that and yeah they have a lot of injuries like you know Charlie McAvoy I think is also going to miss a couple months like that's another guy you could stash if, if you have the room because yeah. um, he'll, he'll help you come playoff time right even if you get him for the second half of the season help you get in the playoffs in your league and it'll be worth it but again it just 
Yeah, it depends. If you're holding him on IR and you have other injuries, it's it's hard to do, right? So, but th- these guys are going to fall pretty far to the point where you're just going to it's going to be hard to pass up on them, I think. Yeah, I I agree as well. All right, so that's a really good look at uh, some forwards and some different categories. Uh, I know uh, you are uh, you know big into uh, the, the goaltending because uh, it's something that you do uh, obviously uh, with uh, goalie post and and at Dauber. But these are some crease battles that that you find it interesting. And I don't know. I the one guy I'm looking at on this graphic is is Cal Peterson. I I think he's going to take a step forward. I'm not sure about the other one. I think you could see a split there, but tell me about the crease battles for these two teams with Quick, Peterson, and Talbot, and Forsberg. Yeah, so you mentioned Peterson. He was probably in the conversation for most disappointing fantasy player last year. I think everyone was expecting him to claim that job last year. Uh, The Kings got a lot better, obviously. He would have been a really good value goalie last year if he was able to play the majority of the games, but Jonathan Quick managed to outplay him, so... At some point, I think Peterson's got to take that job. He's, I think he's almost 10 years younger than Quick. He's signed to a long-term deal. Um, he, he's got the pedigree. Like he, he should be able to win that job. And if it's this year, yeah, he's probably not going to be super high on, on people's radar and drafts. So you might get a steal out of it. I think the Kings are going to be pretty good again. Um, but yeah, I think probably they'll start off splitting again. Um, Quick had the slight edge in, in starts last year. But if that flips, or if Peterson can even steal a few more, yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be really uh, really valuable. And I think in Ottawa, what's interesting is like when they got rid of Matt Murray, it almost felt like they were you know sort of giving the job to Anton Forsberg, and then they bring in Cam Talbot just shortly after, and he's back to kind of in a, in a split situation again. Forsberg was actually, I think, arguably the most consistent goalie in the second half of the year last year, like even even more than Shesterkin or Vasilevsky, like. Forsberg, I think he had 32 of his final 40 starts were above 900 uh, save percentage. He was very consistent, obviously didn't get the wins because he was in Ottawa. But if Ottawa, you know, takes that step forward um, and he continues to play that way, he might have a good chance to, to get good playing time because, you know, Cam Talbot's 35 now. It's it's tougher to stay healthy at that age in that. I think it's tougher to, you know, play 55, 60 games at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, and if the Sens can kind of take that step forward and be a strong team and, and get a lot more wins, I think, I think it'll be closer to a 50-50 split. Yeah, and and like you said, these are probably guys that are not on the, you know, the the top radar, so you could probably wait for all four of these guys that's at really if if you wanted to take a chance on one of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 never a bad strategy to wait on goalies. I think, you know, obviously the Shesterkins and the Vasilevskis are, are going to go high and then I think you've got a, a small tier below them that are also really talented, but after that, you know, they're they're all pretty you know, I think they're, I don't want to say they're all interchangeable, but you can definitely find a lot of value later in drafts, right? Like we just talked about Jonathan Quick, like he probably wasn't drafted in the majority of leagues last year, turned out to be really valuable. You know, Billy Huso last year, I'm, I'm sure yeah. wasn't drafted in, in, in the bulk of leagues, was really valuable. So there's just a lot of guys out there that you can find later, especially at that position where, where you can't really do the same at, at center and forward or sorry, center and, and uh, forward and defense, I should say. So yeah, exactly. you can definitely find more value later uh, in that. All right, uh, this was awesome. Uh, the debut of uh, you know our, our chats. Uh, tell the people where uh, they can find you. Obviously on Twitter, uh, we have it out there. But you you do stuff with Dauber. And uh, tell me about goal. Tell us about goalie post. Yeah, so you can find my work uh, basically on Twitter, uh, Amato underscore Mike, and uh, yeah, goaliepost.com. Goalie post is just a great resource for 
starting goalies every day for fantasy hockey. Um, we send out email alerts and, you know, follow us on Twitter at goalie post. We tweet, tweet out the starting goalies as they're released. So just kind of lets you know who's starting, who's not. Should you pick up somebody on waivers if you need to, you need to make mm-hmm. a switch. Um, just a, a good resource for that. And yeah, we produce a lot of content too. Awesome. And we'll be uh, getting everybody ready for the weekends as we go. Thanks so much, Michael. This has been uh, a real pleasure and I look forward to doing it again. Yeah, same here. Thanks for having me on, Dean. You betcha. There's uh, Michael Amato of Dauber Hockey and Goalie Post. Uh, check it out. It's uh, a great resource. The The fantasy guide that they have is uh, just next level. It is really awesome. That was so much fun. I, I can't wait to actually get the season going. WHL starts tomorrow. CIS. Well, U-Sport now. I think, it's, I think it's called U-Sport now. Golden Bears open the season against uh, UBC at Claire Drake if you're in the Edmonton area as well. But I'll be at Rogers Place to see the Edmonton Oil Kings battle the Red Deer Rebels and preparing for some more fantasy hockey drafts uh, with some great help uh, from Michael Amato.